0: Hey there, boys and girls. This is Corey Garvey, and this is the Settle the Far podcast, where I sit down, I speak with people who've made a big jump in their lives. That might be to a new career, a new location, or just a brand new community. I want to know what it was that motivated them to make that switch, what the process was like as they were going through it. and Once they find themselves settled and comfortable in their new surroundings, what they feel like they've learned about themselves and the world around them. This is a special episode in which my wife, Aslahan sits down on my birthday and asks me a number of questions, things I feel glad about, happy about, excited about over the last year and the upcoming year. And, you know, even in the last week and a half since we recorded this, it has made me sort of reminisce and uh, go back to those points that she brought up and think about the goals that I have and what I did over the last year. And... For me, it's just very clear how important it is to consistently be coming back to these questions and understanding what our goals are. Um, I've read a number of different self-help books of sorts, things from Dale Carnegie to Tony Robbins, and one of Tony Robbins' quotes really sticks out to me where he says, you know, we overestimate what we can accomplish in one year and underestimate what we can accomplish in 10. And... That is so true for myself. I think I'm constantly switching between a project and every week or month or whatever it is, and not really sticking to what it is that I am confident in and and where I feel like I can progress if I just have some patience. And a lot of these questions made me realize that. Um, I also think that, you know, too few people really spend the time to do some self-evaluation and understand whether or not they're really moving in the direction they want if you were able to listen to the conversation I had with Jimmy McCullough, I think he is somebody who is very clear in those points of knowing what it is he's going after, visualizing what those things are he wants to accomplish, and just consistently staying the path while it feels like the right thing to be doing. Um for anyone out there who's been listening, I really appreciate it. You know, Settle the Far is just a chance for me to hopefully expose some of these awesome individuals who have made huge moves and are inspirational in, the, in their own right. And everybody who's listening is the motivation for me to send that next email and try to get in touch with that next person who I haven't met. You know, it is uh, it can be daunting at times. It can be a decent amount of work on top of the job that I have and the family that I'm I'm, uh, I'm growing and, you know, every single time I hear from somebody about how this has impacted them or they've enjoyed one of the conversations, it just makes it that much easier. So thank you very much. And, uh, you know, you're the, you're the reason that I'm putting this together. If you have feedback, if you have any guests that you want to recommend head to Apple podcasts or Google play, let me know what you think on there or head over to podcast.corygarvey.com. Fill out the feedback form that goes directly to me, straight to my email inbox, and I would be happy to take that advice and and keep iterating on this. All right, on to the show. Enjoy this episode of Settle to the Far, where my wife, Aslihan Selimbeolu, asks me a number of birthday questions.
1: Hey, I have the birthday boy, Corey Garvey, with me.
0: All right.
1: How's your birthday going, Garvey?
0: It's going pretty good. I just cooked up a nice chicken parm a la vodka. Just like my favorite meal back home. Cooked it up for my wife. I thought maybe she was going to make me dinner on my birthday, but...
1: What happened?
0: She got stuck in work, <laughs> writing emails.
1: That sounds really terrible. Oof,
0: it was very terrible. Hey, mashallah.
1: Hey, mashallah. Too much work anyways. I agree where is home
0: home is in home is new york long island the uh yeah there's a restaurant there that serves a huge giant chicken parmesan a la vodka <laughs> some spaghetti on the side i think i've been there the last three christmas eves with the family <laughs>
1: <laughs> could it be mr bill garvey's favorite
0: It it's definitely one of mr bill garvey's favorites <laughs> absolutely
1: okay so i want to ask you some birthday specific questions okay
0: today. fire away
1: the first question i want to ask what is the biggest expectation you have from the year ahead
0: for the year ahead the biggest expectation i have yes well as you well know my wonderful wife is pregnant. So, I'm expecting to be a father, (laughs) but I think the biggest expectation from that is probably that I will, I will be having to make more thoughtful decisions about where I spend my time. Like, my biggest trouble at work and in the side projects, podcasts, writing software, like these things is I, I've been able to just work on as many things as I want because I do have a lot of time and you know, obviously you and I, I have to, put time toward the relationship and i put time toward my family and things but i have had a lot of time where i'm on my own and i have to start being very conscious about what i do with my free time because i'm i guess the biggest expectation is i'm gonna lose most of my free time
1: <laughs> i was gonna ask how much time do you think chopper is gonna take from your day on average
0: um, so right now, right, like, work is kind of 9 to 6, 6.30 sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, we probably spend extra time with dinner than we need to.
1: Just chatting and stuff?
0: Yeah, and cooking. Yeah. You know, we end up eating, like, you know, I cook chicken parm. And vodka sauce from scratch on a weekday. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Is, we did tacos from scratch the other day. I don't think that's gonna happen anymore. And
1: no, we won't eat good food because of this baby. No,
0: I think we will a little, but there has to be, you know, maybe once a week. But then, if I want to continue to do these projects, I have to be more conscious of it. Because a night like tonight, it's only nine o'clock. I can go work for two hours now. And
1: do you think that's going to change when Jabbar comes?
0: Yes. In a good way. I mean, it's going to be, yeah, there's going to be some time when we're taking care of him when he's crying and trying to make him not cry and go back to sleep. Or (laughs) we're dealing with like waking up and not getting much sleep ourselves. But a much larger amount is spent, I think, you know, getting to like comfort him back to sleep and be around him and obviously after a few months like actually engage with him
1: i hope that like he's gonna like skin to skin contact and that's gonna be very calming for him and then you can wear a sling or carrier and just put him on your chest and he sleeps there and you work yeah that's my dream
0: so he's just hanging out with me
1: Yeah, and then I get to do whatever I want.
0: Yeah, that'd be pretty nice.
1: Okay, second question. Do you have any resolutions?
0: Any resolutions at all?
1: For the next year. You can only pick two. If you have more than one.
0: Um... resolutions do i have for the next year it's hard for me to tell because i'm working off of a lifetime of not having a child (laughs) so (laughs) you know most of my resolutions are like stop drinking so much and (laughs) focus on this or that um i think the resolutions i have are one spend more time outside yeah like actually outside we go to the park a lot now but I think putting more time into hikes, situations where we're like eating lunch on the ground Hmm. and just actually being outside, definitely that. And the other is advancing on my writing, I would say. Hmm. I've gotten into a little bit of a rut where I sort of just write and put out similar types of articles and essays that are my own thoughts, these opinion pieces, which are fine, but I, we've talked about this. I've started going back, looking at editing as a more important aspect of writing, not just cleaning up the one thing, but actually a large like piece of the writing process. And, more so having more strategy around my writing. What is the, the, um, you know, it's been pretty subconscious for a while. And I think I have a pretty, I think I have a decent feel for what sort of hooks in a reader, but I can't, one thing is I can't get back to that as quickly. Like it's hard to constantly be thinking like, where is this clever story that I want to put out? Because it's just so unstructured mm-hmm. that to get back to that is kind of difficult. It's like, I'd imagine for a songwriter or a um, an artist, if you don't have a, a theme or a, a a style, you just you're trying to come up with. Start from scratch every single time. That's a lot to ask. And Mm -hmm. if you have this structure, then you can take ideas that you have that might not seem like a large idea or a full story and plug them into the patterns that you've seen in other stories and the structures that you've seen. And I want to be more conscious of actually like building stories and building an essay rather than whatever's going on in my head when I'm usually doing it now.
1: (laughs) So far, what do you enjoy the most in the process of writing?
0: Um, the part I enjoy the most is seeing a connection between something that happens in everyday life and the The sort of underlying meaning for why that happens, and then being able to connect an example of the everyday life part with, um, with with what we don't usually sort of discuss or face head on. So, as an example, you know, one of the first things I wrote was about <clears throat> going up to. Cashier, and I would constantly say, "Hey, how's your day going?" And I would do it at Starbucks all the time. And I got to know the cashiers at Starbucks very well, and they knew me very well. And and I used to do this at lunch as well, where I would get salad. And a lot of times, people don't spend any time giving attention to that person. And what I realized is, when you ask that question, and it's not a passing question, you're not like, "Hey, how's it going?" But you say, "Hey, how are you? How's your day going?" and you wait for an answer, and they realize that you're waiting, and they look at you, and they they realize that someone's listening to them and cares that they're a person there, and they're not just there to put the cap on their coffee and say, thanks a lot, it changes their day. It really affects their day, and I think seeing that myself affected my day because it made me realize that you can have – an effect on someone you can brighten someone's day very quickly with that small kind of thing and for me the best part of writing is seeing that but then seeing that there's a bigger kind of meaning to what it might mean for my life for somebody else's life and getting that into into an essay so that the reader might actually um get get moved by it
1: Do you you almost mean like creating insights from daily life that are maybe more meaningful and deeper than the events or behaviors themselves?
0: I believe that the events and behaviors are already meaningful, but that we don't take the time to recognize it. And I think my experience writing on some of those points that it's been exciting to actually shine a light on the value that Mm -hmm. it brings to people because i i really think we you know and i'm i'm as guilty of this as anybody we rarely take time to sit back and admire our own lives and how great they are and how much how much fun it is just to be around people and to have these interactions, but instead we're constantly like on to the next thing and thinking about the next thing and this mm-hmm. and that, and you know it's why certain certain things are so moving. Like the the first audio I sent out with my with my blog a few years ago was the uh, commencement speech. This is um
1: this is water it was
0: this is water is that the name of it or what the fuck is water or something (laughs) it
1: wasn't what
0: what the hell is water and uh by david foster wallace yeah something and i'm always moved by that idea that you could be sitting in a grocery store and you're looking around you're so frustrated with this um he calls it muzak that's on the This playing from the the radio and, you know, you get into your car and you're so frustrated and your day seems like it's been so difficult and this person cuts you off in their giant SUV. But what you don't realize is that person in that SUV has been told by a doctor that they have to drive that SUV. And that, that, you know, for their anxiety, because they were in a car accident where they lost a loved one, that the only way that they can get about the world is to have this giant tank-like SUV. (laughs) And... It hits so hard because it's something that we don't take the time to take a breath and say, hey, you know, like we're, we're here and there's things going on around us. Yeah. So I guess it's more shining a light on things rather than finding meaning. It's like the, I think the meaning is there. We just rarely take a deep breath and watch it for what it is.
1: So you mentioned first as an expectation to manage your time better and then it seemed like from your second answer on resolutions that you want to use that time outdoors riding and i wonder if you see that those two ambitions could be combined and maybe you become like this outdoorsy riding person (laughs) I and think you I write did. you write your essays in the chilterns of Henley on Thames.
0: I think that I do you know I do long to just live in a cabin in the woods and write. And <laughs> there's a part of me with that. But
1: Well the house we rented are not is not much more than a cabin to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll get that vibe for sure.
0: But I mean I think the time thing, you know, I always, I spent one semester in college not playing a sport, and...
1: Why? Were you injured?
0: No, I didn't want to play football. And it was probably the worst grades that I got, and I was, like, too much time on my hands. And I have structure. No, my dad, discipline. My mm. dad was very key to say, hey, this is not going to be good for you, and he was right. And... I think I see that in my own case right now in a lot of ways where when you're in school, the idea of going back to school right now, most adults would go nuts being told you have all of these classes you have to go to. You have to sit in this room for 40 minutes and then you have to go to another room and have (laughs) someone talking to you and you have to be quiet the whole time. And then at the end of the day, you have to go do a bunch of work and bring it back. And granted you have... The expectations aren't, as you know, you can't lose in school as easily as you can, like, get fired at work. But I think that kind of structure is really healthy. And I didn't, um, there's almost too much choice right now in ways. So I think a tightening of the schedule and then sort of being outside and writing more. I, I don't really want to necessarily write more. I just want to be more focused in it
1: I see. okay on to the next question okay third question so it seems like what you've been describing so far are very realistic and i am wondering if there is something that you almost dream of Within the next year, something that you don't see happening within the reality of how things are right now, but would really make you happy, surprised, put you in a great place if it happened. But what would that be? You can say up to two things.
0: Thank you. I think. That's a good question. Obviously, you know, the health of our baby and that kind of thing is uh, is going to make me happy and surprised. So I don't want to, I, I think you're asking me to reach here, but I want to be clear that, you know, just the, a good outcome and happiness with him will be a very good situation. And I wouldn't be disappointed I'm not disappointed in my current life, right? Like, I like work. I like having these projects on the side. I like even not having enough time for all the projects because it makes me choose where I put my time. It makes me figure out the wasteful stuff I'm doing, the extra glasses of wine that keep me away from working (laughs) at night and in the morning. But if there was something that was going to be a nice big surprise for me, Um, I think it would be the progress of, of the podcast and or writing. And I mean, like in a very serious way,
1: can you define it? Like what would be that dreamy achievement?
0: Yeah. I mean, For for the writing side of things, if we keep it within writing, I think it would be to really progress to a point where I'm reaching a, a totally different um, set size audience like how many and, like like you know being put in front of millions of people kind Mm. of thing. And I don't expect this to happen. And I think that's the point of the question, but I read a lot of things and I, I think for anyone who actually has been through this point of writing and really getting a lot of value from it, the most valuable part, is very personal and Mm -hmm. it's seeing the, the, the hook, the, the, um, yeah, like the hook of your essay or your story where it really grabs the, um, the interesting parts and, and and brings it out to the reader in a way that they wouldn't have expected. You know, the, the, the story about the, how are you, how's your day going? Where maybe it's because I've said those types of things, somebody one day says, hey, you know, it's really good that you come in here. You've really like made my day or something. And what I've seen is that while I can get better at kind of cleaning that up and making it come quicker or in the right way or in the right structure, um, When it's done right, it doesn't matter who you're showing it to or how many people are seeing it. Like a good essay, a good poem, a good book, those things are – they hit people pretty deeply and they remember it. And and I've had people come up to me and months after I write something, they say, hey, you know, I was doing this thing and based on that essay that you had written I don't know how long ago – I was thinking about it when I went through the situation. And you realize that you changed that person's life <laughs> in a way. And the dream would be to be able to do that to more people. And I've had – we were talking about this before. I've had books and essays. I still – there's certain essays that just changed my life. Yeah. And I don't I, – I think it's the one – it's one of the few things that remains – very like open and, and democratic or whatever you would say about it where you can have a blog and put up an essay and put it onto Reddit or Medium or something and it can get so big that everybody reads it and it affects people's lives. Yeah. And I think that that is extremely powerful. Like the the girl who wrote an essay about Uber... She worked at Uber as an engineer and she wrote this essay on Medium. I think she had quit about sexual harassment and the way that they were handling other things. It changed the the world. Like it it changed Uber absolutely and it changed <laughs> the way a lot of other tech companies handle things. And I think yeah, I would like I would like to feel that something I write could have that impact. Um, because it can be I don't want to say demoralizing, but you can feel like the effort is wasted when you write something really good and only 20 people read it or something like
1: that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have a second one?
0: A second big dream? I mean, the big, the big one, which I trying to talk about because i think i've pushed it in this direction is something to do with a piece of software like and i slowly work on software on the side now it's not as big of a focus as it's been because of the podcast and writing but if i could create a piece of software that that even just had a consistent user base how many and income? How much? I would say, under, like reasonably, I don't know. I'm thinking about how much Whoa, work- Whoa,
1: you, you can't be reasonable.
0: I know, but I'm thinking about how much work I put into it and what I know it takes. So I don't think acting as if you're gonna win the lottery, like, you say I'm gonna win the lottery. But
1: that's the question.
0: All right. Well, I mean, what would be really good is if I made $5,000 a month. Great. And it could happen. I mean, you can build a piece of software that's like that, but...
1: So that's how many people, if you think about...
0: Depends how much you're charging and what you're doing. You know, if it's a business-to-business... If it's a B2B piece of software, you're selling some tool. Uh, Let's say it goes out and it... um, I don't know. It it sends a bunch of uh, marketing emails for your company, and it tracks them, and it tracks how well different images that you put into your emails do. Mm-hmm. As an example, you if if somebody you could you could sell that for, I don't know, like ten cents an email, mm-hmm. or you know ten cents per thousand emails that they send, or something like that, and. It depends how big it gets, how many users are using it, how many companies are using it. Um, That's nowhere near where I'm at right now, though. So that's really a dream. And I I know how much work it requires. So (laughs) I think it's naive to think that I'm just going... There's no way I'll wake up tomorrow or even in a month and have that. Whereas with the writing, I'm currently like working on it more studiously and, yeah. and actually trying for it.
1: I know. Okay. That brings us to my last question.
0: Last question. Okay.
1: I believe number five,
0: number four, I think
1: number four, excuse the pregnancy brain. <laughs> um, so let's go back to last year, your birthday.
0: My birthday last year okay
1: so that was June 2019
0: yep June 4th 2019 where were we where were we (laughs) we were in we were in Biarritz France with your family
1: oh we had dinner with my parents and my sister yeah they took us out for dinner.
0: Where? To, to the little fish place?
1: Yeah, I remember it's just like um, sitting next to... We were sitting outdoors, almost on the street. And then there was a wall that some of us were leaning onto. So it no, was that like, was in
0: Toulouse. Okay, yeah.
1: That, wasn't that your birthday, though? I, I believe yeah, that I was your be- birthday I got dinner. Yeah, the beer, right. Yes. Was it Toulouse?
0: It was in Toulouse, yeah. It It, was before we went to Beeritz. We went to Bieritz the next day, I think.
1: Okay, so that's where we celebrated your birthday. It was... What kind of food did we eat? Probably French. French food. It was very french like.
0: There were actually a few Americans sitting...
1: Tables on the street. Table
0: next to us. But yeah, that's very French. And then Toulouse is so French. It's like got the the pinkish tint to all the buildings and all the roads and everything.
1: Okay, so at that time, I remember, I believe we were engaged already. Yep. And you were doing the same job. We were on the same project. Yep. And that's why you were in France. Yep. What do you think was I'm trying to ask from then to now. What changed in your life that you wouldn't be able to expect?
0: This was last June until now. I mean, you were, you know, you're pregnant, so that's a big (laughs) (laughs) That's a big change. Unexpected uh. jump bar. Oh, yeah, I think that's that was a little <laughs> bit unexpected. Um, well, so at that point in June, you had spent time... You were going back and forth. I remember after that trip, you actually went back to Turkey with your family. Yeah. So... I was really on my own still a little bit. Mm -hmm. We were in that same sort of long distance, but you were spending more time. The biggest change that I wouldn't have expected was how quickly, maybe I did expect it, but how quickly I went from living in my own world to living just a life with you. (laughs) And everything that,
1: Thanks to coronavirus.
0: (laughs) Thanks to coronavirus, exactly. You'd probably still have been going back to Turkey every few months, like every month, if it wasn't for coronavirus. And you probably will once coronavirus is over. Um, (laughs) It's probably true.
1: (laughs) I miss the food so much already.
0: I think... Well, I think the biggest thing is, last year at that time, we hadn't yet gotten married. And our wedding... When everyone came to Turkey, my family, my friends, your family and friends all being there, the focus being on us, it's hard to explain now because it seems like it was, it went as we expected and things went as planned, which they did in a lot of ways, but the the uncertainty at this time last year was a lot to handle. And I had no idea how any of these friends or family were going to be interacting with your family. Mm. And I think right now, the the obviousness of how they were going to interact is the surprising part. Everybody got along they communicated the same way I communicated with your family the first time I went there which is broken English on both sides and trying to explain things to one another. Being able to see emotions beyond just the words that people are speaking and I know my nieces and your mom and your sister and like how much it meant to them to get to meet some of them. And I think before I was uncertain of how any of this would happen. But then when you're in the moment and it actually happens, none of it's very surprising. Like the people you expect to get along, the people you expect to be interested in one another are exactly who they would be. Um, I think I'm surprised how much I... Um, I think I'm surprised how much I feel proud of it Mm. rather than before when I was kind of nervous about certain things. Like I feel like both sides, everyone that came from my side, everyone from your side, was very thrilled for the experience and got to see... A part of the world and a, and obviously like a wedding and like a town that they never would have expected yeah. and it wasn't there was nothing to be afraid of there was no
1: it, was, it went really smooth and it was yeah. fun. i'm looking at it there were a bunch of changes obviously we got married but that was expected we have hadn't moved into this apartment yet at that date and i feel like i wouldn't foresee that we would move out within a year and then already make our way to suburb and you switching to the engineering position kind of happened pretty quickly i would say like within a couple of years in in the company and then you took on some pretty serious tasks like Writing being one podcasting, you pretty much done the whole thing within last year from learning how to do it to actually creating content and sharing all it. And yeah, you have been putting up with me for the last seven months while I've been very pregnant.
0: <laughs> I would say the biggest thing that I'm <clears throat> surprised about, especially lately has been a change in attitude toward just satisfying myself in these endeavors, the writing, the podcasting and having my own bar of what I think is an acceptable delivery of work as opposed to these things on the outside. And it's not that I, and I've changed my mind on it a lot. Like I very much believe now that the only person that really matters is myself because there's a lot of trash out there that can trick you into thinking you're doing a great job or you're not doing a great job. I think what's most surprising to me is that I didn't already have that.
1: Mm.
0: Like, I, I'm i a pretty happy-go-lucky person. I pretty much don't care that much or at least I didn't think what other people think of me. Or in certain aspects. And I don't chase the same things that I think other people chase. But it's clear that in a lot of ways when you, when I just read things on, on the news or on social media or I talk to people, it rubs off on me way more than I expected. Mm. And I'm very surprised how sort of caught up in things that don't matter and opinions that don't matter and not even opinions that don't matter but how much I consistently go back in my mind to oh well that person is doing that thing or and it could be someone famous it could be someone way beyond what I'm actually would be competing with if I should be competing Mm -hmm. and I'm continually surprised at how much I learn like of myself which boggles my mind <laughs> At like because right because you always think in the moment you're you're in the right place like yeah. you have it figured out now now <laughs> is when I have it figured out before I had no idea but now now I really know and it's clear that you know a year from now I'm gonna listen to this and be like Whoa, what the hell was I thinking
1: <laughs> that's a really great point okay last question bonus okay bonus <laughs> number five because there are five fingers in one sentence so we have five some other five fingers under, in one what? In one hand. Okay. There's some other babies. It's not just Jobar. And I'm talking about our plants.
0: We do. We have a lot of plants.
1: Which, to me, another surprising thing. I haven't really expected all yeah. the success.
0: One year ago, there was a very unsuccessful couple attempt in this in this room.
1: So. Could you describe to the audience your favorite plant in this apartment right now? And I just wanna give some context so they know what's going on. There are about ten plants.
0: No, a little less. I'd say six. Seven? One, one two, three, four, five, I
1: I I would think even more than yeah, ten. About eight almost ten. How about the balcony. Yeah, and there's one out there you right. And then kitchen and bathroom. You're right. There are a lot of plants here, 10 to 15. But I think the ones that will easily come to your mind will be about 10 of them. Could you pick your favorite plant and then describe it to us? How it makes you feel and why you like it so much?
0: Okay. I'll first give my my runner up my my second favorite. Okay. I have a lot. I, have a, I really like these plants. The one in our room has the big broad green leaves, which I really like and I know you really like those. It just feels very healthy and so I like it a lot, but that was the most expensive purchase of a plant. Mm. That was maybe 30 pounds. Mm. This big plant when I got it. It's even bigger now. It's the biggest plant in the house. Runner up. It's it's on the, you know, um. I would say one of the favorites is definitely.
1: Wait, this is the favorite now.
0: No, this isn't the favorite. This is a second runner up.
1: Okay.
0: Honorable mention is <laughs> either the balcony one that's sort of purplish or this. Um... I don't know what you call it like spiky mohawk kind of thing in right here and the reason i like them is because i bought them as very small very cheap plants mm-hmm. they've switched pots twice since i got it and i had this feeling in november whenever i got them that you know this is going to be I want to buy some small. I want to grow. I want to grow them and, and feel them grow. Um, and I've just been so impressed with how much they've grown, so it really like it's exciting. Hold on a sec. So those two are those two are very high on the list. I get happy every time I see those because I know how small they were and it gives me hope of what can happen with (laughs) one. But my favorite is the Mandarin tree.
1: Oh, the Mandarin tree. So,
0: when I got the Mandarin tree, it was the beginning of August last year. Right before I left London, I was rolling off my team at work going on to a new project when I returned from my wedding. And... Leaving that team, my team surprised me with a wedding slash going away gift of the mandarin tree, and they knew because we had drinks with some of them that I had a plant and I wanted to grow plants and that I killed the one plant that I had. And I remember so I remember so well that my colleague, like I was telling him about this plant, he said, "You know, I went to the plant store and I bought all this stuff. I bought this." These gloves and a shovel and a plant holder. And I moved it into one stupid move, into one that didn't have holes on the bottom. And it ended up dying. And he's like, maybe you should have bought a gardening book.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I remember that.
0: And then a few weeks later, they bought us this mandarin tree. And for any of them who are listening, the mandarin tree isn't exactly fruiting right now. (laughs) I wouldn't say it's It's really, you know, feeding us too much. But the the eight mandarins that were on there when we got it died at some point and fell off. I think we didn't know. It took us some time to really calibrate how much water these plants can handle. Yeah. And that they can handle, like, more than we realized.
1: That's true.
0: But it is growing now better than it has at any other time that we've had it. And, And I think... You know, this can get sappy, but, like, I buy clothes and I buy things when I'm in different places. I really don't like, you know, I do wear a lot of Uniqlo basics, t-shirts, underwear, socks kind of thing. But otherwise, I like to have most of the things that I own be bought in a location. Like, the rug I have was when I was away with my parents. Uh... The, you know, plates and things in the kitchen. Some of them I got while traveling.
1: Yeah.
0: All the coffee cups, things like that. And I think about it every time I touch those things, like where I was. I mean, I have the green coffee cup that we got in Australia. I have another one that I got in Portugal with my brother. Mm. Uh, I think about this rug that I got with my mom. Like, I could put myself back in that spot. And that plant, I think about when they gave it to me and, and the team. And I'm like, I really liked that team. They were like really good people. So, yeah, that one is...
1: Great team.
0: That one's the the winner.
1: Thanks team. Thanks for the gift.
0: Thanks for the Mandarin tree.
1: (laughs) Okay, Corey (sighs) Garvey. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. I hope it's going to be a great year for you.
0: I think it will. I have a good feeling about it. What do you think?
1: I think, I really hope you're going to have... A cute and healthy (laughs) Jabbar. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope you guys are gonna make my life better too.
0: Of course. I think your life is gonna be great. Me and Jabbar, we're gonna
1: As you already do. I mean, Jabbar tries to complicate things at times, but (laughs) overall he's a positive addition, I would say. I would
0: say so. Thank you for turning the tables on this podcast and helping me get some content together for my <laughs> birthday. You're
1: very, very welcome. Good night.
0: Good night. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Settle the Far. All those groovy, funky tunes you're hearing come from Peggy Bunker and the Bunkmates. Challenge of the week. What is it that you want to accomplish in the next 10 years? Most importantly, what are you doing today to make that happen? From me to you, stay healthy, stay happy, and most of all, stay inspired, people.